bless you all. Thank you. You may be seated. Um, I do have something a little bit here to to share. Yeah, we know it's it's uh, in now here. I feel like it's just going to dive now just naturally, but we know we got the Super Bowl, and that's not till 5.30, right, I guess? We have anyone who's care to, 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 to uh, watch that. Um, I mean, I am just in suspense hoping Taylor Swift makes it to the game. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Isn't the Lord good? It's good to be in the house of God. You're experiencing miracles. You really are. You're seeing the hand of the Lord move. You really are. And God's presence is increasing in our midst. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Lord, you are worthy. You alone are worthy. And we honor you here today. And we just thank you what you're doing within our midst. And we are humbled, Lord. And we recognize, Lord, that in, of our, in and of ourselves, Lord, we got nothing good to say. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people in this moment what you want them to know and hear about you. We lift high the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen, thank you. Well, if you have your Bibles, uh, you, are, you want to pull it up on your app, uh, Psalm 40, verse 3, and I'm going to go through some things. Um, I'm titled this uh, uh, in true worship, our second one, giving up control. But I'm going to see how far we could get, and I want to touch on some things we spoke about last week briefly, but... Talking about worship, giving up control, and uh, my text is Psalm 43. It says this today, God has put a new song. Somebody shout a new song. In my mouth, many will hear it in fear and trust. Somebody shout trust. And we're going to talk about that, Lord willing, if we get into it in a moment. Another verse we talked about is James 4.8. James 4.8, it says, come close to God. See if I can pull that up. Come close to God with a contrite heart, and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. And so last week, we talked about uh, really the premise of why I felt the need and led to speak on worship with the church. There was a few verses in Ezekiel. We just mentioned them in Revelation how the Bible talks about living creatures. And I'm not the expert on deciphering all the prophetic, you know, creatures in the Bible. But I do believe this, that uh, there are these four living creatures. They gather around God's throne in constant worship. Now, this has been going on from eternity past and eternity in the future. So eternity is like it's forever. It's not a beginning. I can't, I can't wrap my brain around that. Maybe you can. But they go around and they're worshiping, getting a revelation, understanding of God, and it's going on and on and on. And the throne of God, there's this constant worship. And with every word, they proclaim his power and his greatness. And holy is the Lord and all he has done and doing. And, and I don't think there's ever a moment where they go, oh, I am just so tired of this as they go around. Here we go again. Oh, praise the Lord. The Lord is good. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It's a new facet of God. You're beholding the face of Almighty, and all you can do is can't wait and anticipate to shout again. That's our God, and we're going to experience him in the fullness someday. Can you say amen? But it's a symbolic picture 
And then once again, there's a lot of symbolism, types and shadows, and people think they have the handle on it. This is what this means. And they have their charts, and, and they have all of her, and this is when this is going to happen, and this, and, and it just doesn't happen <laughs> in, in their time frame. And so uh, we trust the Lord. But there are some things we can see that are pictures, and and this is a picture of, of, I believe, the foundation of God's church, the local church, a local church, every local church. I, I feel I could, I could say that. And each creature has a face. One is of a man. One is of the ox, a lion, and an eagle. And, and we just said that the eagle represents worship, eyes to see. And the lion represents prayer. Uh, the man represents like Jesus Christ or grace uh, manifest. And the ox represents servanthood and in humility and and so these are these are four foundations that every church must have to be balanced and healthy how many know that god wants balanced and healthy local churches now here's the thing we know there's always in the news and sometimes more than others you hear about stuff that are sadness and tragedy and leaders in certain denominations and and it just it puts a blight on the body of christ it might speak to anybody and, but you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. For every one you hear on social media, <clears throat> there are hundreds if not thousands that are endeavoring to live for God and persevere, amen, and to serve the Lord. So you need to have that perspective. But these four foundations that every church should have to be balanced and healthy, and, 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 and I get it. I mean, some churches, you know, they, they have a tendency to focus on one or two, but all four are necessary. And there are a lot to take on the characteristic of the, the pastor of that church. If he's very outreach-orientated or he has a missions heart or evangelistic, and you're going to have that. And then you have some churches that they do zero for missions. <laughs> and you, it's like but they're focused on just their local community only. And, and uh, so it's usually passions for the leaders. And, and so anyhow, I, I said this about true worship in a quote that really true worship, it pushes back. And we talked about chaos and insanity that's happening in our world today. And in and, and, and the overwhelming moments of life that should drive us to worship God, not run from God. Okay, and uh, even in the times that things are good, it's not when the sun is shining, the only time to praise the Lord or to worship God. Can I get an amen? And so that's why Jesus said in John 4, 23, he said, but a time is coming and is already at hand when the true worshipers, interesting, true worshipers, that's what we're talking about, will worship the Father in spirit and truth and, and from the heart, somebody shout the heart, it's that inner self and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to be his worshipers. And, and uh, we talked a little bit about why worship, you know, why, why do we need to worship God last week? You can listen to that uh, uh, online. But um, I just want to I, I throw this out to you on why, why the Father seeks this. And this is really like, kind of like the culmination of what I talked about last week, that the primary purpose of worship, of worship is for you to minister to the Lord not for him to minister to you. That is a different mindset, especially in the church today. Because Christians, church hop, come on somebody now, and it's like you walk in, it's like, okay, what do you got to give? You know what? The lighting don't seem, or the, you know, the atmosphere, or you know, we come seeking to be served. That is not why we worship. 
We come to, you know, every meeting I have been at. I remember in South Africa, 1992, I was there and <clears throat> we were in one of the black townships, Davy Township, and, and my South African friend who was a police officer at the, uh, <clears throat> before we went to theology training, he was his friend. We went there and he's on a missions trip and he said, my man, I can pull together a meeting and you can go one of the townships. I said, let's go. And we went in there, probably about 70 to 100 in this, just like, a, like within an hour, they called the meeting. No social media, anything like that. It went an hour, and he had 70 to 100 people show up. It was in this long garage, and they had some kind of a little banjo, sit-on type of a drum thing. There was a drum set, but the heads were broken. Then they had a guitar, and they handed it to my brother and had three strings. I said, can you please? He goes, I, I can't play this. But they, they just... Then they just abandoned themselves and worshiped. So what is going on here? Nothing fancy going on, but passion in their hearts. They love the Lord. All right? Maybe they have something that we're missing. Mm. And so, so our primary purpose, if that is your focus, when you come, you won't watch this come to church and go, happening here. Or this is the big one, hang on to the back of that chair. Come on, somebody, amen. <laughs> I communicated a lot without saying one thing right there. <laughs> Will God minister to you? Absolutely. Any type of blessings always come down when you worship God. He's just a giver. He's constantly a giver. You plant one, one kernel of corn, you get thousands back. It's just our God. That's our God we serve. Anything you do, it always comes back more. That's the God we serve. Can you say amen? But that's not why we worship. And I say this, don't confuse the purpose of praise and worship with the perks of praise and worship. And, and once again, James 4, it says, come close to God. We need to draw near. God will come close to you. That means, that means this. We said this last week, that I, we need to take the first step. What? When is God going to take the first step towards me? He did 2,000 years ago on the cross. He came to man. He came, without us even being alive, he knew we would be here 2,000 years later. He drew near to us. He provided salvation. He provided the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And on top of that, he's given us gifts. Every per that There are atheists. They have spiritual gifts. They don't know it. It's all locked up. They just don't know it. They may be working that gift to make money or whatever, and they have no, nothing about God, and even care anything. God's given them spiritual gifts. Everyone has a gift. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> but, you know, sometimes people wait for others, you know, to take the first step towards them. And how many know that agape love moves first? I want you to think about that in relationships, too. Just keep looking straight forward here, husbands and wives. Just keep looking. Well, you know what? He said this, or she said that, and I'm going to wait till they... Make it right. Thank you. Thank you for that amen laughter. <laughs> just got awfully, everything just got heavy right in here. No, no, no. We know that the cross was God's drawing near. He already took the first step towards us. Amen. Let me just, another, just, uh, I want to just touch on this about the story of Zacchaeus quickly. Uh, we see about how God draws near when we step out in faith. When we make a point to draw near to God, always he responds. Always he responds. And so, you know, my wife and I, we had the opportunity 
don't know, I think I'm able to share this when we were in, she just gave me a thumbs up. That's a good deal. I'm going to go for it. We were in Texas last year, last fall, and, and anyhow, we had this opportunity to get on the set of The Chosen. I've seen The Chosen. And there's some connection, and anyhow, we won't say any more about that. But it was down there in Texas, and so we went in, saw all with the, the, the for, you know, cameras, the studios. I was in the synagogue. I sat in the synagogue seat. I mean, the literal set of this, the chosen and the scrolls. And I was just thought, wow, this is just really, you walk through the, you know, pool of Bethesda and little baby Jean was playing around. The guy goes, watch out for that hole. Spiders come out of that right there. You know, who would have known that in the pool of Bethesda? And, you know, just, just to see how they do it, it was just, it was just amazing. And um, all of that. Uh, when we hear it, but then, then, you know, there's all the characters, and so we would go into one of the studio rooms, and they had all of the, the, the gowns, and these, these guys that play in here, they're tiny, they're petite, <laughs> you know, there was all, you know, James, and, and then there was Jesus's robe, like, well, this is one, I was like, can I touch Jesus's robe, and so I got some pictures with the robe that, that he wears, you know, and, and anyhow, it, it was a fun time to be able to part of be part of that. But when I think of the story of, you know, Zacchaeus, and, and, and I think of Jesus and how God did a miracle in and through his life. The Bible says that Jesus passes through Jericho in Luke 19, and there's a chief tax collector, Zacchaeus, who was very rich, and the Bible says that he sought to see Jesus. He sought to see Jesus. He wanted to see who Jesus was. In other words, Zacchaeus drew near. Zacchaeus drew near, and not just close enough where people were just enthroned by, oh, here comes Jesus, a prophet, and they would just want to see him be a part, kind of the crowd. No, no, no. There was something about Zacchaeus. He wanted to know, who is this guy? Is this guy real? And I want to find out more about him. Very wealthy man, very wealthy. And the Bible says, though, one of the problems he was, it brings out, he was short in stature. And I think about that, it's just there's a spiritual picture too, not just in the natural, uh, or, or excuse me, you know, phys- physically, but maybe, maybe he saw himself that he, he didn't measure up. And he just thought, here I am in small stature, and so I'm going to turn that around. I'm going to be a tax collector, whatever. And, you know, so there's this element of rejection in his life, and, and it hindered him from correctly seeing things about himself and about God, but, but there was still something in him that was hungry for the truth. Had money, had it all, had the boats, had the fish houses. Come on, somebody. Had the four-wheelers, more than one, you know. Had all the lures, you know. How many know that stuff's not cheap, amen? Some of you are smiling at me. Had it all, but it, was, it didn't satisfy. Didn't satisfy. So maybe he felt, it didn't measure up here, Zacchaeus. And so what does he do? He runs, he runs ahead, and he knew where, knew where they were coming, and climbs a tree. And, and uh, not only that, he could see Jesus better now, but watch this, Jesus saw him. Because he drew near Jesus saw him. And Jesus, here's the thing, was just walking by. I hit it on that a moment. Jesus just passing by. You know, friends, if we by faith can get above, as I talked about last week, the chaos, rejection, pain, hurt, maybe past issues, and all those things the enemy uses to crowd out, to block our view of who Jesus is and how much he really loves us, we will be surprised and shocked that actually 
when we get above that, Jesus is actually calling us by name. Jesus sees us. He sees you. You're not ignored by the Lord. But the question is, do we really want to see Jesus when he's passing by? <clears throat> you know, I believe, and some of these things, are, you, you can miss them when you read them in the Scripture. You know, you say, oh, I read that verse or whatever. You have to stop and think about what you just read. Let me hear what I'm saying. And watch this. Mark chapter 6, verse 48, talking about Jesus. I think Jesus really, how can I say it this way? I believe Jesus wants to see if we really love him. Well, he's omnipotent. He is. All-knowing. Omniscience. All, all, all knowledge. You know? I believe at times Jesus wants to know, do you really love me? Do you really love me? Seeing then uh, them, Mark 6, 48, the disciples, straining at the oars, for the wind was against them. They're in the Sea of Galilee. And about the fourth watch, 3, 4 a.m. in the morning and the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Now, miracle, Jesus walking on the water, right? And then it says this in Mark 6, and he attended to pass by them. What? He didn't just come on the sea like this. Most people think when they read that, they're in a trouble. My disciples are crying out. They're scared, and he's running. Oh, I'm here, Jesus. He's just walking on the water, ready to walk by them. What is that? Jesus wants us to pursue him. He wants to be pursued. He's like, I'm the miracle worker. I'm busy. I got my life, and he doesn't care about me. And he, you know, he just is walking by. Let me tell you something. Jesus is walking by right now. Hallelujah. Jesus is passing by, and he tended to pass by them. Matthew 20, 30, another verse. And two blind men sitting by the road, hearing that Jesus was passing by. People seem to think that Jesus walked by. He's like, oh, you're sick. You're, you need a miracle. You need a miracle. No, no, no. Jesus just walked and passed by. What did they do? They went, Jesus, have mercy. Shut up. You know, be quiet. Leave this guy alone. You know, Jesus, have mercy. He's just walking by. And he stopped. Why? It was the cry of drawing near. It was the hunger, it was the shout, it was the, 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 the passion of, I want to know you. I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Spirit here. He's here, hallelujah, because God wants to know you. When Jesus passes by, and I wrote that down, in every crisis of life, know this, my brothers and sisters, Jesus is passing by you. He's passing by you. But will you cry out in faith and hope be merciful to me. Every crisis in your life, Jesus is not somewhere far out of some other galaxy. No, Jesus is passing by. You know, we, there's a documentary, and I don't know where it's on, whatever, and it's about, like, life after death. And it's a little bit modern one. I find it very fascinating. A majority of the cases, they interviewed people that have died, and, you know, they see the light. You know, there's the tunnel. But there's, there's a number of them that... They go down, it's dark, it's hell, it's frightening, it's horrible. And they were either resuscitated back, came back to life. But I'll never forget this one about this one man that, uh, as, he, as he, he said, he, he saw the Lord and he was communing and he said, in that moment, this is what he said, he said, in that moment, I felt there was no one else in the world but me and Jesus and he was focused on me. 
There's over 70,000 people that die every day. I think, and then the, I mean, then globally, I think there's maybe 150,000. But every person in that moment, you are, there's no one else that exists but you and him. Wow, hallelujah. See, you matter to God. You matter to the Lord. But I believe, I, I believe God wants us to pursue him. Not in a legalistic way, not in a, not a treadmill, you know, run around trying to do all the religious duty. No, 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 out of the heart. That's what he's looking for. Not a facade and a show and it, reality. Do you love me? Mm. How many have ever wanted to be pursued? Don't raise your hand. Yes, we all do. Isn't that right? Especially those that are single. I don't know, this generation, the way, man, this is crazy the way this generation finds a spouse. Amen? I mean, when we were younger, it was like, go to the roller skating ring. You know what I mean? Or, you know, and, you know, you know, or go backwards, you know, come on. It's, everyone's there. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are, and we got the dance crew here, but yeah. now it's the app, you know, and it's like, but what is he really like, you know? And you got to filter through a barrage of, man, it's, I'm glad I'm married, <laughs> you know? It's hard. It's like, and then you get them that they're, it's like, well, how long have you known this guy? Oh, I've known him for about eight years. And, okay, you want to get married? Yeah, we want to get married someday. And hello, what's going on? You know, if he loves the Lord, pull the trigger, you know? It's just crazy. I mean, they don't talk. You're like, well, maybe he'll ask or maybe, you know. Anyhow, that's a little bit, I'm sorry about me and my venting right there. All of us, one time or another, we want to be pursued. Amen? I remember talking this one godly young man, and he was just like, he said, I just, I just want to be wanted. I just want to be wanted, you know, as, as for a woman. I, just, I want to be pursued. I'm going to know that I have value, that you see something in me you like. Amen? Amen? Well, here's the thing, and I believe this, <clears throat> that Jesus wants to be pursued. I said Jesus wants to be pursued. So notice this, uh, it says this, that uh, Jesus acknowledged Zacchaeus. He climbs the tree, and um, he calls him by name. How did he know his name? He just knew. And Zacchaeus drew near, the Bible says, to see Jesus. And so what does Jesus do? Everyone else knows this guy's a wicked sinner, tax collector. We don't really like him at all. He goes, get ready, come down from the tree. I'm coming to your house. I'm going to have dinner tonight. Jesus saw me. He noticed me. Yeah, but you pursued him. He went first. And here's the thing. Whoever is hungry for God will be honored by God. Whoever is hungry that pursues the Lord will be honored by God. Every single one. Zacchaeus desired and longed for spiritual reality. However, he took the first step to see Jesus. He was looking to see if Jesus was the answer. He had these deep cravings in his soul, but in his amazement, he found that Jesus was everything. 
he was looking for. And what happened? The result was a radical conversion with real repentance in this guy's life. Here's what I find is amazing about the story, especially you know, as a minister and traveling around the world, preaching the gospel, having altar calls, prayers at the end of service. Come on, somebody. Invitations for people to come to Christ. Jesus did none of that in this moment. In this moment. What does he do? Zacchaeus did what Jesus didn't even ask him to do. What does Zacchaeus do? He got right with God. He repented. He gave back what he stole. He knew he stole some, stole stuff. And the Bible says salvation came to his home. And Jesus said this. He said, this is what happens. When we take the first step towards Jesus, watch this, we begin to see who Jesus really is. Stand with me if you would, please. Hallelujah. I really didn't even get into Psalm 40, verse 3. That, that, that'll be the next one <clears throat> about trusting in the Lord, where we're talking about true worship, true worship, pursuing the Lord. Every head bowed, please, if you would, this morning. When we take the first step towards Jesus, we truly begin to see who Jesus is. Who is that for here this morning? You're here this morning, and you're not right with God. The Bible talks about the backslider in heart, those that have fallen away. Maybe it's pain. Maybe it's a sin issue, an addiction. I don't know. Whatever. The enemy has beat you up, making you feel less than than what God really calls who you are and your identity in Christ. Or maybe you, you've never really truly surrendered your life to Christ. You've never repented and believed and invited God into your life. That is, a, that is an action, I believe the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God has raised Christ from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. And that's you here this morning. I would invite you in this holy moment to receive the Lord, to receive Jesus Christ into your life. So how do I do that? It's a very simple prayer. It's a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer where you surrender your will and say, Lord, come into my life. You are converted. And you choose to make a decision to follow him for the rest of your life. Say, well, what if I do that, Pastor, but then I just kind of fall back or this happens or that. Listen, you have at least the power of God now in your life to help you. And if you stumble or you fall, you get back up. If you stumble, if you fall, you get back up. You draw near to God, and he will always draw near to you. Say, that's me, Pastor. I need to get right with the Lord. Let's pray together in unison. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Jesus, I will serve you all the days of my life. Take my life. It's yours. In Jesus' name, amen.